All right, let's turn our Bible this evening to the book of 1 Corinthians. We'll be in 1 Corinthians chapter number 13 to begin with, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, number 13. And I'm going to uh, read the first three verses this evening, and then uh, after we pray, I'm going to look back into chapter number 12, and we'll look back into ver- uh, chapter 13 as well. And so keep your Bibles open uh, this evening to 1 Corinthians chapter number 13, and we look forward to what the Lord has for us this evening, and I look forward to uh, what He has for us in the days ahead. I'm often reminded uh, how, how much we have in our church. Uh, we have a special church family, um, and God has given us a, a closely knit family, and there's a reason why uh, it is as closely knit as it is, uh, as we serve Him together and I'm thankful for what we have, and I trust that you're thankful uh, for what you have in your church. Uh, there's not a church like the Emmanuel Baptist Church on every street corner. Um, there's good churches out there, uh, none as good as this church, but there's good churches out there. Uh, but there's not a lot of churches like this church, and we have a unique spirit, and God has blessed us in a great way. And I want to preach on a subject tonight uh, that will help us stay that way. Um, there's a Bible formula to everything. Um, our nation can have revival, but there's a Bible formula for it. This world can be reached with the gospel, but there's a Bible formula for it. You can have a happy marriage, but there's a Bible formula for it. You can rear your children for the Lord. You can have a, a God-honoring home, but there's a Bible formula for that. Just as we've been teaching in Sunday school, there's a Bible formula for God's blessings, and it's through stewardship. And so tonight, we're going to look at a subject, something that I want us to be reminded of. And uh, it's, it's a, it's a, and this morning at the end of the service, I said I was going to preach on a subject that I think is a missing ingredient. And as I've, I've, I've revisited this, this thought today, uh, I've kind of shifted my focus because I don't think it's missing in our church. I think it's missing in general, but I want to remind us of the importance of it and, and uh, so that we don't lose uh, what we have. First Corinthians chapter number 13, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all ministries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, <clears throat> and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Uh, I'm going to speak this evening on the necessity of the word charity, the necessity of Bible charity, Bible love. Father, I pray this evening you'll use uh, these simple truths. I pray you'll use your word to help us this evening. I pray that Christ would be honored in Jesus' name. Amen. In chapter number 12 of the book of 1 Corinthians, we'll refer to a few verses there. Paul is writing to the church, he's writing to Christians about the importance, uh, he reminds them that there are gifts within the church. And he goes into detail throughout this chapter and uh, that gifts are different. The reason why everybody has different gifts is because uh, the church is made up of different uh, people. Uh, He likens it to the body and how each uh, part of the body has an important part and One is not necessarily important than the other. And we get to verse number 25. Follow along with me in verse number 25 of chapter 12, if you will. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. 
in summary, there should not be a class system inside the church because everybody in the church is important. Uh, everybody has a very important role. Tonight, I want to tell you as your pastor, I want to remind you, it doesn't matter who you are this evening, it doesn't matter if you've been a member here for 40 years or for four days, you are important, first of all, to God, but you're important to this pastor, you're important to this church. There's somebody in this church Many people in this church that care a whole lot about you, there's people that are praying for you, you don't even know they're praying for you. That's the way the body of Christ works. But we're warned that there should be no schism in the body, no dividing division in the body of Christ. We are promised as God's church that the gates of hell shall not prevail. Nothing outside of the church can conquer God's church. Nothing. Nothing outside of the church can stop the, the, the local church, nothing can. Uh, with the, the gospel as its message, uh, there is nothing that can withstand uh, the, the church as God has ordained it. But there's a lot of times the church is stopped. It's not stopped from the outside, it's stopped from the inside. Because there becomes division, there becomes a schism, to use that Bible word. And there, we have to be reminded that we all have different roles, we all have different parts. Verse 26, and whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. One member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. When I read this passage of scripture, I think of Romans chapter number 12. Uh, in honor, preferring one another. We weep with them that re weep. We rejoice with them that rejoice. Uh, we know what it's like to hurt when a member of our body hurts. You know, if, you, if you slam your hand in the car door, your finger hurts, but it's not, it's not like you, it's not like the rest of your body saying, well, I don't know what he's pitching such a big fit about. I mean, it's not affecting the rest of us. Oh, no. Sometimes we hurt things and we, we feel it in parts of our body. We didn't know we had feeling because when one hurts, the, the whole body hurts. But it should be that way of rejoicing, too. A lot of times we are quick to weep with those who weep, and we should be. But do we rejoice when others are rejoicing? Uh, the test of real Christianity is when you're praying for something, and God gives that thing you're praying for to somebody else. How happy do we get about that? Um, but there should be no schism in the body. Verse 27, Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular, and God hath set some in the church, First apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of, of, of miracles, have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. It is a great day in the life of a Christian when they become satisfied with what God has for them. To serve in a way that God has for them to serve. Now you have to surrender to it. Sometimes we put the emphasis on somebody surrendering to go to the mission field and don't fight that call. I believe this with my whole heart. God calls those out of our church, but God also brings them in. I can say this with great confidence because I believe it very, very strongly. Uh, I, God has me as the pastor of the Emmanuel Baptist Church. But God has placed you here as a member of the Emmanuel Baptist Church. And just as it is the will of God for me to be the pastor... I believe it's the will of God for you to be the member so that we serve the Lord together. 
He has something that he wants us to do. I pray often, Lord, call out who you want to call out, but bring in who that you'd have come in to help the cause of Christ, your church, so that we might do a great work together. I believe that. I believe we are all in this to serve the Lord. Division is, does not honor God. Now, I don't want to be the source of God not being honored. It is a, and I'll not spend much time on this, but just mention it before I get into the message tonight. It is a very serious thing to bring division into the body of Christ. It is a very serious thing to create a schism where there is to be no schism. And I believe that as Paul finishes chapter number 12, he's going to go into chapter number 13. And what is addressed in chapter number 13 is the key to making sure that there is no schisms as is mentioned in chapter number 12. And we read our text tonight in chapter 13, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling symbol. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. This chapter is the love chapter, if you will. It's the emphasis on the word charity. That word charity is another word for love. It's that agape love that is that deep abiding love. It is not an affection that you have one moment and you, and you don't have it the next moment. It is a love that <clears throat> wants nothing in return. Let me just remind all of us tonight that this world, you say, I want this world to love me. If they, I'll love somebody if they love me back. That's the love of the world. They'll love you as long as you have something to give them, but when you have nothing to give them anymore, it doesn't love you anymore. And I just use it as an opportunity to remind the young people here, here this evening that this world will, will fall in love with you, and then when it takes your purity, it takes your innocence, it, it takes what it wants from you, it'll cast you aside because you're no longer special. You're just like everybody else. Now, be th let's be thankful that God still loves us, but this is the kind of love. And aren't you thankful that God loves us with a love that wants nothing in return? This kind of charity or love expects nothing. Now, of course, every time we, we think of this word charity and love, I want to be reminded of God's love for me. We should be reminded of God's love for all of us. And I'm thankful that God loves us in spite of us. Nobody here tonight deserves to be loved by God. But aren't you thankful that God loves you? And he loves you, and he knows everything about you. He loves you, and he knows every, every weakness, every fault, every sin committed, and he still loves you. Praise the Lord to that. This is the love that God's people should have for one another. We should have charity. We should have that agape love. We should care for one another regardless of whether that love is reciprocated. We live in a day where we'll love somebody as long as they love us back. We'll love somebody, supposedly, so that we can get something in return. That is not love. Jesus is our example of love. He died for the world knowing that many he died for were rejecting, but he still loves them. We need to be reminded of that. Even though this world rejects Christ, he still loves them. 
He still died for them. This deep abiding love, I'm reminded that the Lord said, how, how is this, told us, that how is this world going to know that we are his disciple? It's from our love one for another. Scripture also speaks of let brotherly love continue. God has given the church instruction. He has given the church Bible standards, and we're to operate in a certain way. Uh, that's why uh, we, we, we have church on Sunday, first of all, to honor the Lord, not to please everybody. He's told us as a child of God, there's a way we are to live. You and I, and I touched on it briefly this morning, we are to be different from this world. Why are we different? Because we've been saved. Jesus changed us. He, he made a difference in our life. There are structures that we, and we're going through much of this on Wednesday night in our, in our Bible study, but there are structures that the Lord has given, and we're to operate in the way that God has said we are to operate. But if I can put it this way, charity is the glue that binds. Charity is the oil in the engine that keeps it running smoothly. Because we can have all of the structure, and we should... But that which is necessary to really make a difference in this world and really uh, bind the church together and God's people together, the body of Christ together, I believe is the word charity. I'm going to mention just a few things tonight. It will not be long, but I want us to be thinking about this word charity. Look with me again in verse 1 and 2. We've read it a couple times. I want to read it again. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity. I have become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. This is not the, the, the truth I want us to see, but it's worth mentioning. Having charity is more important than how we sound to even sound to one another. Verse 2, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries. Now, he speaks of the gift of prophecy and ministry, but don't lose the context of what he's just addressed in chapter number 12. The fact that there are different gifts and he's given some the gift, and they're the, they're, they're the pastor. There's some that have different gifts and talents that they use in the church. And he brings that about. We're not to get puffed up in what God has given us. I mean, it, when it comes to, to the example of the body of Christ, and being the body of Christ being compared to the body, I mean, I think the head's pretty important, but our head doesn't walk around saying, well, just... The hand needs to just, just re, you know, the older I get, I realize how important it is for these knees to work. And you can move in a certain way, and it's like, I never felt that before. Hope I never feel it again. Some of you are relating very, very well to this right now. We're being reminded that if we have these certain gifts, we should not be puffed up because we can have them, but charity is still the most important. Verse 2, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith. Is faith important? All oh, faith is very important. It is so important that we're reminded that we cannot please God without it. So when God asks us to live by faith, he is ask, He's giving us what we need to please Him. Knowing the premium that God puts on faith, we are told in, in, in all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains. I don't know about you, but one of the, 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 the passages of Scripture that challenged me is, is that passage when the Lord says, if you have but a, the, the faith of a grain of a mustard seed, you could take this mountain and you could throw it into the sea. 
I don't know about you, but I, I picture that. I want to have that kind of faith, don't you? But God says, even though if we have that kind of faith and have not charity, look what the Bible says, I am nothing. Statement number one is, some choose to live a I am, no, I am nothing life. What is the scripture saying? I believe it's saying you can be a part of the body of Christ. You can understand mysteries. You can have gifts to serve in the church and use. But if you don't have love, it's nothing. It's nothing. You think of the Lord Jesus and him laying down his life. He uses the term love. Certainly he showed it. He speaks of how this world is going to know that we're his disciples, that we love one another. I, I want us to be very careful that, and I want us to, as we seek to know the word of God more, and we, we want to be right in our position. We want to be right in our belief. In a day of compromise, we have no desire to compromise. We want to be right in what we believe. We want to take the stand where we believe and. And that's what we must do for the cause of Christ. And let me remind all of us, your opinion is not more important than God's. My opinion is not more important than God's. We have to, we have to do what God wants us to do so that we can make a difference for Him. But I don't want any of us to live a life where it comes down to, I am nothing. If you want to make a difference, you got to have charity. you got to have love. And quite frankly, you can't be full of yourself and love like you ought to love. This is a love that only comes from God as we love God the way we should love Him. The Bible talks very much about the household of faith. And if we don't love the household of faith, if we don't love the people that God has, has put together to do a work for Him, then our love for Him is not what it should be. I should love you because I love Him. As I look around, that's the only reason I love you, is because I love... no. I just, I just find it very hard to, to love. Well, that's something that God gives us. You can, and I don't want us, I want us to be very guarded on this because it's easy for us to get full of ourselves and, and pride in our position and pride in what we're doing and pride in being right by the Word of God. And I'm not minimizing those things. They're still right. But you can't remove charity out of it. You can have the right position. You can carry your King James Bible. Everything, every, 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 every I can be dotted. Every T can be crossed. You can be able to discern the times and tell everybody what's going on. But if you don't have charity for God's people, you don't have charity for other people, the Scripture says, I am nothing. Just notice number two. Look at me in verse number three. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Let me say statement number two, and it's going to be very practical this evening. Good works and charity are not the same. The word charity has become a word we use today. I'm going to give this to charity. I'm going to let somebody else have it. But it's not the same. Doing a good work in charity is not the same. Oh, I can prove it very easily. You ever dropped your junk off at the Salvation Army? Now, let's be honest. Or when your wife went out of town, you dropped all your junk, her junk off at the Salvation Army? <laughs> um, 
That's not the same. What am I going to do with this stuff? I feel bad about throwing it away. I'll give it to charity. You didn't do it because you had love in your heart. You did it because you wanted some space in your garage to put the rest of your junk. When people say, I, I need help, I, I would just soon give you a dollar just to get you away from me. But I'm not really seeing who you are. That's a good work. There's a lot of emphasis today on we want to do some good works in our community, and I'm not against that. The mission of the church, though, is to preach the gospel. I would contend by this book that you do not love your community if you're not telling them about what Christ did for them. You, you, can, get, you, can, you, can, you can feed as many people as you can, which I'm not against that, you can give to causes, but good works and charity are not the same thing. If we have charity in our heart, the works will follow. But there's a lot of times Christians will get distracted by the main cause and will get involved in works. But remember what the Bible says. Look at what the Bible says. The Bible says, even though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, if you sold everything you owned and gave it to feed the poor... You sacrificed your body. The Bible says if you don't have charity, it doesn't do you any good. There's no profit to it. You know, a lot of times we do good works because it makes us feel good. Really what this is doing is challenging our motives for doing what we do. Do we do it because it makes us feel good or do we do it because we love? There's some who say, I'd never give up my Sunday school class. Why? Because it makes you have, feel like you have value, and you do have value. That's a big difference then. I love those kids that I teach. I've got to get through to those. I've got to have a love for those kids that I pick up. Now, let's be honest. There's some weeks it's just our duty and our responsibility, our character gets us to where we're supposed to be, and I don't want to minimize that. But if we don't really have love, we don't have that charity, it profits us nothing. I guess a good way to, 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 to sum that point up before I go to the next one tonight is to uh, work on the charity more than we work on the works, the love for people. Uh, number three, and this is where I'll spend most of my time because it'll take me a few moments to get through it. Bible charity is a high standard to live. I believe these next few verses, I'm going to restart with verse number four, would solve a lot of problems in the body of Christ. It solved a lot of problems in a lot of churches. Verse 4, charity suffereth long. Well, they just get under my skin. You married them. Oh, we're talking about the church. Oh, um, <laughs> charity suffereth long. You know what we need, again, is we need some long-suffering Christians. We put such a small price tag on our love for others, don't we? I don't know how many times I've told them. You still ought to have some love in your heart. You know, people can ag be aggravating. Anybody here ever get aggravated? I'm just going to see who's admitted tonight or who's awake. But charity suffereth long and is kind. Well, they're not nice to me. Well, what we do when we say that or we have that attitude is 
They didn't speak to me either, is that we really don't have charity as the Bible describes charity. We don't have love because we're expecting it in return. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself is not puffed up. You're not going to be full of pride and full of charity at the same time. Verse number 5, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. It would be nice when we get back to today as Christians that we give each other the benefit of the doubt. I know they were talking about me. I know what they meant about it. Well, you're probably wrong because you're not as important as you think you are. But if you were right, why do we automatically jump to the conclusion that they were talking about us? They were, I know what they meant. Have a good week. Stay out of trouble. I know what he meant by that. He thinks I just stay in trouble. Then I can throw another scripture verse at you. The wicked flee when no man pursueth. I just said, have a good week. Stay out of trouble. Um, thinketh no evil. Oh, what a miserable way to live to always be, 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 be suspicious of everybody. Thinketh no evil. I could talk a lot about that. I lost my place. Seeketh, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no e- evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity but rejoices in the truth. You know, when other people mess up, we should not rejoice because we think it makes us look better. Well, this is a good evaluation of your love for the brethren. If they stumble, well, I knew that was going to happen. If that's the first thing that crosses your mind, as soon as we have the first verse of the invitation, you need to come down to this altar. And you need to get your heart right. And I say this, from, I haven't said this in a long time, and I'll be glad to say it tonight. I, I, I'd rather have a church full of people who stumble during the week and get up, stumble and get up, stumble and get up than that attitude and spirit in my church. Uh Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. That's a pretty high standard of living, isn't it? To have real Bible love, Bible charity. Because, you know, as the family of God, as the body of Christ, as the church, especially in our case, we spend a lot of time together, don't we? Some of you are saying, yes, way too much time together. We're together Sunday morning, Sunday night, and with our space issues, we spend a lot of close time together. Wednesday night Bible study, our kids go to school together, we have activities, we are together. People Write this down. This is, going to be, this is going to be deep. This needs to go on social media. People annoy you. People annoy people. We have feelings, and sometimes we're tired, and sometimes we, we haven't prepared ourselves for the day like we should. 
But if we have love one for another, we have that Bible charity, it helps us have the proper perspective towards one another. It's a high standard of living. You know, we all have our things that are, what, what may be, what, one thing might be easy for me to live might be hard for somebody else and vice versa. But this is one thing that I believe challenges all of us. You cannot have this kind of charity. You can't not have this kind of mindset without God's help, without yielding yourself to the Word of God, to the Spirit of God, having His love. We can't get to the place. We're different. I mentioned this this morning. We come from different backgrounds, different ages, different parts of the world. We have different, different viewpoints. And as God's church, we have the common salvation. We have a common goal. But we do, are different people. We can't go through this life getting offended by everybody. And we can't go through it judging everybody either. Love. That's a high standard. I remember growing up, my mom used to say, we're supposed to love everybody. I'm like, love everybody? How do you love everybody? I'm like, dad, don't. You ought to hear what he's saying to those guys on TV right now. I mean, <laughs> supposed to love everybody. When it comes to the body of Christ, we are supposed to love everybody. I don't have to approve there's too many Christians go through life thinking they have to approve what everybody else is doing. That book is the standard that approves all of our living. And as a pastor, I'm going to preach it. It's part of my responsibility is to hold us to a standard that would please and honor God. But I can love you no matter what you do. There are times I have to, it's part of the role of the pastor, I have to stand in the way and plead and say, please don't go down that path. And the scripture I'm reminded of, have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? But I can still love you. That's Bible charity. It's a high standard of living, and I give you number four, and I will be done. Look at me at verse number eight. Charity never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Let me say statement number four. It is always appropriate to show love. Charity never faileth. I am a firm believer in standing where the Bible says that we ought to stand as far as our position. The Bible speaks very clearly about love. Parents, as you discipline your children, you should also show charity. As we deal with one another, we should show charity. When we, when others fall, when we fall, we should always show charity. Say, Pastor, I don't know what to do. Show charity. Show love. You know, I, I have found in my life and my ministry, most people respond well to love. Most people respond well to charity. And what is our standard for charity is listed here in the way that Bible charity, Bible love, acts and responds. It is not a superficial thing that we find in this world. Let's, let's, let's close tonight and we'll be done. Look with me, verse number 13. 
And now by the faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. I've made this statement several times in recent weeks. I'm okay with people in our city, in our world, knowing that is the church and list these things that we believe. I'm okay with that because I want to align myself with what the, I'm okay being known as the person who still believes the Bible is true, still believes the Word of God is our standard. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with our community. I'm okay with our city knowing that there's, 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 there's no room for compromise. But just as important to me for those that are around us to know that if you need somebody to love you, that church will love you. you that pastor will preach it straight. And it's, it's interesting sometimes you see somebody who's not used to that and they come for the first time. Hey, he'll, he'll preach, you may not like it, but he'll preach it straight. I'm okay being known as that preacher. But I also want this church to be known. As a church says, if you need somebody to love you, they'll love you. If you need somebody to care about you, they'll care about you. And loving as God loves is not seeking any reciprocation. I invested in them, and 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 and this is what I got in return. Did you invest in them because you loved them, or did you invest in them because you wanted to get something back? Now, I've preached very plainly, and I'll remind us all, we have to show gratitude to those who have invested in us. We have a scriptural responsibility that God will hold us all accountable if we do not. But we need to always be exhibit charity and love one for another. I'm afraid oftentimes we can become a stumbling block because we just don't love people as we should love people. Everybody in this church, and I'm being very simple and practical this evening, but every one of us who are part of this church ought to have nothing but love in our hearts for everybody in this church. Our personality just, that doesn't mean you can't love them. There's some people, not in our church, but there are some people in this world that I love, and I love them better by keeping a distance from them. And I do that on purpose because, because charity and fellowship is not the same thing. Well, our personality just don't, you can still love them. We have great days ahead of us as a church. We have an important task as God's church to reach people with the gospel. There are things just on the horizon that not only will affect those around us in this area we live, but literally around the world. And we can't, the devil would love to get a schism in the church, to get a division in the church, so that it is hindered. And one way to keep that from ever happening is if we all live by the standard of Bible charity. That means charity forgives. Charity isn't judgmental. Charity goes the second mile. I'm not saying we've never been offended. I'm saying we ought to have enough charity in our... But when they come and apologize to me, first of all, that's not forgiveness. It's not Bible forgiveness. 
But charity says you're already forgiven. Charity says I'll overlook it. Pastor, they sat in my seat three weeks in a row. I mean, there is a, there is a standard. Okay, get to the seven times 70. If they do that that many times, then we'll deal with the issue. And we've got something special in the Emmanuel Baptist Church. Let's not let our pride, let's not let the devil cause a division where we don't love each other as we should love each other. We've been reminded even in recent days as the Lord's called some home, it's important to have a church family. Pastor, I don't know what to do. Just love them. There's going to be times when there are some who stumble and they even fall. What should we do? Love them. It's okay to draw the lines where God draws the lines. That is love. When those lines are drawn, I want to be standing there saying, I'm going to love you to the best of my ability as God loves us. It is with charity that we give the gospel. It is, it is with charity that we overlook each other's flaws. It is charity that we put the cause of Christ ahead of our own agenda. May we love one another. This evening, just a simple thought the Lord impressed upon my heart to bring to us tonight. I want us to think this week about what we have in a church and what our responsibility is as a member of of the body of Christ, a member of the Emmanuel Baptist Church. It's charity. And we go to invitation in a moment. I, if the Lord impresses upon your heart something that you need to change, somebody you need to forgive, I want you to take care of it. It doesn't mean that you have to go to somebody and say, well, I've hated you for 17 years and I've loathed you and just the very sight of you has turned my stomach. And I want you to forgive me. That's probably not a good idea. But you can come take care of it with God. There's too many. You can't remember what the pastor preached last Sunday or the, the Sunday school lesson this morning, but you can remember what so-and-so said three and a half years ago when they parted your company. That's not charity. That's not love. I'm thankful that people give me the benefit of the doubt. I want to practice giving others the benefit of the doubt. We shouldn't allow small offenses to get in the way. We shouldn't allow large offenses to get in the way of the cause of Christ. Father, I